0: Rack and Finn Radio with Tom P., WPG Talk Radio
1: 95.5. There's post-its all over the board and screen, so I do not forget. We have a shout-out, New Jersey State Trooper Ryan, who I met with uh, State Trooper Guido at the MTA Boat Show and Expo up there in Edison about three weeks ago, and ran into Trooper Ryan again. Just going to mention with a shout out. Whoa, missed that one last week. So shout out to Trooper Ryan and his great family again. Pleasure meeting you, Trooper. Get on the water, get that family fishing, get that family boating. Hey, you're inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of March 12th and 13th. Halfway through the Ides month. It is the cruelest month. What was it? 65, 68, 70 degrees on Monday. And, what was it, Wednesday, I'm up there in Weartown at a traffic light. Snow's hitting the windshield. Well, again, March is the cruelest month, but that white perch bite will resume. We have some ugly weather today, and it should be uh, going to gangbusters again. I'm saying this. I'm going to say this in the next segment as well by Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay, coming up, we have Tom Foddy. This is Fish Management Talk. Next three or four segments all about what's going on with stripers, what's going on with fluke, what's going on with seabass, what's going on with Porgies, aka Scup. Grab that cup, grab that rebel, be right back, Rack and Fin Radio. One more time. Shout out to Trooper Ryan. <laughs> See you at the next boat show. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio.
0: When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio
1: 95.5. This coming Monday, uh, the United States Marine Fisheries Commission will be uh, having a meeting discussing Amendment 7 to the Striped Bass Management Plan. Now, this past week, early in the week, there was a meeting uh, sponsored by well, I guess not sponsored by uh the, the Recreational Fishing Alliance, the Fisherman Magazine, uh Folsom wholesale distributors up there in what's that Mawa, McKee Drive? But one wrong turn up there, you end up in Suffern, New York, or who knows where else. Okay, and it's um regarding uh what what is you know the stakeholders involved, some tackle dealers I believe Captain Dave the Ray Show was there. He had several other people there. What is what is going on with the stripers with Amendment 7? Well, join us on the line right now to straighten it out, give us some insight on that. And that was going to be coming up at a meeting in April regarding the fluke, regarding the porgers, regarding... Sea bass. Man, I'm out of breath. There's all these things, it's just going crazy. It is Tom Fody, good friend of Rack and Finn Radio, longtime friend of Rack and Finn Radio, 19 years. He's been our guest at least three or four times here year, every year. Tom's a legislative chairman of the Jersey Coast Anglers Association and State Federation of Sportsmen's Clubs. The governor's appointed to Atlantic State's Marine Fisheries Commission. And he is a Marine Fishery to, uh, on the Marine Fisheries Advisory Council, the U.S. Secretary of Commerce. He's been doing that now for three years. How many hats does Tom Fody wear? Only Fody and his lovely wife Linda Fody know for sure. But he's taking a break with us right, right now. I want to get on. Tom's going to be on most of the program. here. We're going to hopefully get time for some reports. This is all coming together very quickly. Tom, thanks for joining us on Rackman. How are you doing, brother?
2: It's great morning. I see the sun shining and everything else.
1: Okay, vote. Let's let's get to this. Amendment 7. I mean, I'm looking at this stuff. Management or uh, uh, triggers this, triggers that, uh, uh, conservation equivalency. A lot of stuff going on with this, and it's happening. The meeting's going to be Monday, uh, recreational release, mortality. It's like a a big stew, big striper stew going on. Anything good going to come of this? What do you think? No. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean l- let's l- look at where we
2: started. We, you know... Five years ago, we had two fish at 28 inches. And in the last, in the last five, six years, they basically have restricted, 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 because there is a, uh, because of the new MREPS numbers, we were, they basically said we were now overfishing striped bass, and so that led them to put in some regulations to try to get the overfishing done, but they decided to do an, a new amendment. And because of COVID and the way we have to conduct these class, right. you know, meetings, it's become more difficult. I mean, you, where you could get something done in maybe two meetings, it takes now four or five because it just doesn't work the same over the phone. And people decided we should be looking at all the, the whole. A major amendment hadn't done, been done on strike bears for many years, so let's do a major amendment and look at everything in the in the document, the triggers, the you know, what was what. What our goals are and everything else, and go out to the public and ask what they want. So, this is what this hearing is. This is a question time. They're going to ask you a lot of questions, and they're going to basically say, What do you want us to do here? What do you want as a trigger? Okay. What do you want to do as a reference point? And that's what's going to happen on Monday, and they're doing it in all the states up and down the coast that fish for striped bass. My problem is, as I've gone through these systems, you know, it's how you feel about it. I mean, we raised the reference point, so we made the restrictions on striped bass, as far as we're the targets in the reference point, higher in the last two addendums that we put through. So, an, an amendment. So, it basically makes it, uh, we, we have greater expectations, and we basically make it harder to be, reach the targets. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot more fish. And then we got what's going on. In the world, when it comes to looking at what's happening in the waters outside of New Jersey, between beach replenishment in New Jersey and up and down the coast, between all the other factors that are happening in the bays and estuaries, and we're looking what, how can we produce more, bigger, spawning stock biomass, even though that's not really what does good recruitment, because the recruitment has been very spotty. Some years we've had... 2015, we had a great year class. We had another great year class, but we haven't seen the true results of those year classes. and Something else affecting the fish after they, after they spawn. Where what's happened to all the babies? Why aren't they reaching the coast? Why aren't they
1: basically producing like they did? Mm-hmm. Well, Tom, uh, measures to protect the 2015 year class is a that's that's a that's a big point of contention here. Well, they're not. It, 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 they kind of missed their boat. I mean, you know, look what
2: we did in, in the year '80s to rebuild the st- stocks. When we had the good year class, we protected that year class. So we, and, and this is to drive the legislature, but Back then, we did in legislation strike bass rules because every year we had to change it and raise the size of them. And we started off at 18, right. and wound it up at 34 inches. So we wanted to have 95 percent of the females able to reproduce, and basically. That's what we did, and that's rebuilt the stocks back then. If we had done that on the two big year classes, basically raise the size limit, protect that year classes coming through, then it would have been it would have been interesting to see what happened. But we didn't do that. Actually, we did just the opposite. We put a slot limit in right. that targets that species that they're going through, and doesn't basically <coughs> excuse me target the other species. So you know, it's counterintuitive what, we, what we're doing. And I basically brought this up numerous times, but you know, I get I get lost in the wind there. You know, the old car just sitting at the table is a pain in the neck. Sometimes they ignore just what because I, you know, I've been around a long time, <laughs> know the history of a stripe. I mean, you know, I think about what we did. I mean, I remember being thrown into the Jersey Coast Angle Association and being elected vice president, and all of a sudden I got dumped in my lap because Jersey Coast voted that striped bear should be a game fish right. to get behind a bill. And so I, I put two years of my life into making getting that bill passed, which they told me you couldn't happen, and we did it. I mean, because of the hard work of all the anglers, Jersey Coast, a lot of the fishing clubs, Hudson Rivers, Epstein, mm-hmm. Saltwater Anglers, we basically put the bill through. But we didn't put the bill through with the idea that we basically have a catch-and-release fishery. We were looking at the fact that, Striped bass is the only real inshore game fish there is for fishermen. You know, exactly this right. a guy from the beach can catch a 50-pounder, 60-pounder. And he also can bring food home to eat. And that was what the goals of this. What has it got corrupted over the years is some people just think that we should only do catch-release. Some people think we Oof. should do this. And when you sit down with 20, the one thing we say at the meeting the other day we're not going to discuss our individual thoughts about what it. We're looking at the, the amendment process because you sit 10 striped bass fishermen in a room and try to come up with a regulation. You've been there. <laughs> yep. it, it's like herding cats. I mean, they just don't agree. I want this. I want... And they look at it very selfishly from their point of view. I understand that. I mean, but it's, it's it makes it difficult because I'm trying to basically look at the guidance. Fishes from a dock up in Raritan Bay or up in Cape Port, and the guy that fishes out in the boat. And I'm trying to basically make it so all those people have an opportunity, all the anglers both have an opportunity to catch and take a fish home to eat if they want. And we've kind of kind of locked out a bunch of fishermen on those regulations. So I'm looking at what's going to happen in the next year and a half because this is this process is going to be taken. At least till next year, we're not going to implement anything till right. next year, and there'll be there'll be a, we'll we'll handle this thing back in May, maybe, and then we'll look at it again in August, and they'll probably vote out the final amendment, and their planning is to do it in New Jersey, in the annual meeting because this is the meeting we've been postponed for <laughs> since nineteen uh, since twenty twenty because of the COVID. COVID, right? So it looks like yeah. we're going to have it this year.
1: We're about laying the groundwork now for it now, but one thing, Tom, the the Recreational release mortality—you get some of these associations, or organizations, or whatever you want to call them—that are calling for strictly catch and release. Say that catch and release mortality—I'm going to quote where, but you know—it's—it's—it's it's, um, it's absolutely false. It's a red herring. It's disingenuous. It's a lie. Like really, totally minimizing it, and yet catch and release mortality. Especially when guys are using light tackle in warmer water, people—that's a—that's a, a reality. Tom, what are you talking? Eight percent, ten percent, twelve percent? Okay,
2: here's here's where you got to look at hooker release mortality. You got There's three factors to come into right. it. Right. It's water temperature. Yep. Salinity, and air temperature. So the further you're up, like in the Chesapeake Bay, the further up you are in the bay, where less less salinity in the water, the water temperature is higher. And the air temperature is higher, the it, hook and release mortality maybe goes from 5% or 8% or whatever it is to about 30% or even higher. Whoa! Because, yeah, I mean, people what? don't, they said, well, I released this striped bass and it looks good in the water. But we found out through taking studies when they basically did it in ponds in Massachusetts and a couple other places, when they looked at uh, hook and release mortality, they you see that in warmer water, it basically, and especially in low salinity water or the air temperature is high, everything compounds on that to make the fishery right. not, the Baker stripe is not able to survive. What happens? It builds up lactase, lactic acid when it's fighting you, and the lighter tackle you are using, the more you have the fish has to fight against to get you. I mean, I don't fish anything less than if I'm fishing because I'm doing. You know, we're all doing mainly hook and release anymore mm-hmm. because we only can take one fish at a certain slot. So I don't go fishing with light tackle anymore in striped bass. So I used to go with six-pound test, eight-pound test from the beach. The, the, up on the beach now, the lowest I use is 30-pound test, and in the boat, the lowest I use is 40-pound or 50-pound test because I want to get, them in as, get the bass in as fast as possible so I can release them healthy. And again, the bigger the fish are and the more you handle them, the bigger the hook and release mortality, you know. Right. I hate to say this, but when you stand up holding the fish, and, you know, to get that, you know, <laughs> money shot
1: the hero shot, yeah.
2: The hero shot, you're putting stress on it. So I've decided personally that I will not lift any fish out of the water unless I'm keeping it. So the only mm-hmm. picture you'll see of a striped bass, because sometimes my captain yells, Tom, let me take a picture of you holding a fish. I says, only if I'm going to take it home to eat. Because I'm not going to otherwise take the fish out of the water, release it in the water, and that's really what we need to start doing.
1: <clears throat> well, Tom, I noticed to start- I, I noticed some again some of these organizations and clubs, whatever, and, and people. I use the fly rod too, especially the 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 saltwater fly rodders. Now, not the Saltwater Fly Rodding association, Not naming any, anything in particular, but they seem to be really outspoken about. I forget where, where it was last year. Or some it was on it was online somewhere. Some group was calling for a, Tom, a 10-year moratorium, catch and release only, 10-year moratorium on harvesting stripers. I don't know if I sent you that or not.
3: I had to
1: put my coffee down and say, what the hell's going on here? Well, well it was just not fly fishermen.
2: Understand, that's not... I mean, I'm a fly right. fisherman. Yeah, you yeah know, me I too. I, yeah. I mean, I helped start with Bobby Popovich. I was one of the original members of the Atlantic Old Water Fly Riders located at Seaside Park. Yeah. But, except... I stopped fly fishing and went to meetings. That's instead what I do. Now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and Bobby laughed at me. Matter of fact, in the bylaws of saltwater anglers, it's not because of me. They, we're not allowed to discuss politics
1: at a meeting. Fisheries <laughs> oh, politics. God. Last time I but saw a was Bobby Popovich, uh, the, the restaurant up there on Route 9 in Bayville. Absolutely a amazing. Shady rest. A shady rest right there, right, right off uh, Butler Boulevard. We used to have a place down here. And where you find Bobby on the beach casting no he's usually in the back tom in his rosebush thing his rosebush yes. grotto Mary mother or guy I said I said mm. I said Bobby what what are you doing rose he says go inside have a pizza and leave me alone
2: <laughs> uh, Yeah I mean we're getting off of the tangent but yeah. when Bobby told me that the tide flies he says, I'm the worst fly tire in the world because I was trying to paint. <laughs> we were making a pop there. and I'm painting it with a Q-tip and get cotton all over it and add to the ambiance of the, the, the pop. <laughs> he just his head. He's one of the best fly tires I've ever met and one um, of the nicest people I've ever met. Amazing. Former Marine, Vietnam yep. Marine.
1: Amazing. Okay, Tom, back to it. Though. But again, the, the people I speak with who want it, catch and release only, the majority wield a long rod. And Tom, like I said, you see me, I fly fish as well. So is it, no, is I, it like is, I, I it, pitting, is uh, it pitting one against another another another? What do you think
2: I mean I don't dream it 's fly the guys in, in clubs I know that basically all do catch and release, and they don 't fly fish at all. Uh-huh. they were using plugs they were you know they used to use drop and snag to actually do it the The real problem here is we got striped bears we 're killing more fish through hook and release mortality in a year than we're basically harvesting. Recreationally, I mean, and we 're doing matter of fact 51 percent of the latest data we saw was fifty one percent of the hook uh, of the total mortality comes from hook and release fishing now that's, that's there's going to be a certain amount of that we 've changed right. the fishery we've changed the fishery people think about Tom when you and I were fishing with striped bass well maybe you 're not old you 're not old enough, but in the seventies the early seventies into the eighties, so that' started we yeah. basically. There was not a lot of striped bass fishing. Nope. People people didn't want to go striped bass fishing because it basically was you had to be you had to know what you're doing. You had to sit on a jetty at three o'clock in the morning and you know, give up your front teeth, which I did one year <laughs> by falling on the rocks. <laughs> yep. But you know that's what you needed to do. You needed to be out there in all types. So that was how how the fishery was burnt. But now it's different. All you needed to do was was snag a bunker, put a bunker on and basically, you can catch a big striped bass because it got so plentiful after the moratorium came out of being in place. So a lot of people also, we put more restrictions on black sea bass, which we're going to do again, scub, and summer flounder made the size limit. So we'll we'll have to go out and catch 30 summer flounder to keep get one to keep. And I don't like going out to catch 30 summer flounder. It's not... Some people love the catch and release some are flounder, but I'm not one of those. Mm-hmm. I want to go out and get one to eat and take. And stop fishing for them once I have my big limit. That's it. But it and we've changed the fishery. We've changed what happens with fishery, and people just we have more striped bass anglers than we we've ever had, had before. Ex- exactly. Yep. So there's more pressure on the fish. I mean, and if you put in that catch and release, we've always knew that striped bass was going to be it was going to be a lot of fish killed by catch and release. Because even when we were fishing, we used to release a lot of fish. I mean, I used to release them from the jetty, release them from the beach. People did that. Also, this is a whole different ball game in seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, when when I was, yeah, I caught a uh, a forty-six pounder of a Lavalette on eight pound test in nineteen eighty-six, and that was, it was, this day, it, was it was Pearl Harbor Day because I always remember what day was because it was Pearl Harbor Day, December seventh. But that was mm-hmm. the end of the run. We were finished. The water was so cold, the bluefish, if you pulled them in early in the morning, they you kind of drag a 15-pound bluefish in, and it would release as the water warmed up a little bit in the shallows. They'd fight harder. And same thing with the striped bass. Now... We're talking about fishing in the, from the surf from January because the water's so warm. So, yep,
1: yeah, exactly right. Well, Tom, listen, you I hate put- to interrupt you. are up against a hard break. Tom, you're going to hang in for a couple more segments, correct? Sure. Okay, we're up against a break. Be right back, Rack and Fin Radio, with Tom Fody talking bass and Amendment uh, 7. Now, we're going to get into some uh, fluke and some sea bass and some porgies, a.k.a. scup, a little later. Be right back, Rack and Fin Radio.
0: You could win $1 million with the perfect bracket in the Million Dollar Bracket Challenge on the WPG Talk Radio app. Register now and we'll remind you to pick your teams when it's time to fill out your bracket. The Million Dollar Bracket Challenge is made possible by Progressive Fence and Rail. Privacy. Protection. Perfection. ProgressiveFenceandRail.com Sign up for the Million Dollar Bracket Challenge now on the WPG Talk Radio app.
4: Did you know the average adult changes careers seven times before finding the right position? How many jobs will you go through before you find a career that fulfills you? Try Town Square Media Atlantic City. If you're ready for a new challenge in a fun and exciting work environment, Town Square Media may have the opportunity you've been waiting for. We're looking for a motivated and creative sales assistant for South Jersey's market. You'll assist the sales team to create and design presentations and proposals that will blow away the competition. Best of all, you get to start a career in digital media advertising. Oh, and there's one more requirement. You must be able to have fun at work. If you're detail-oriented, if you're no stranger to the latest office software and you're bursting at the seams with creativity, contact Market President Mike Rubel at mike.ruble at TownSquareMedia.com. That's mike.ruble at TownSquareMedia.com. Take your first step towards a larger career. TownSquare Media is an equal
3: opportunity employer. Hi, I'm Al Abaroa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Inflation is picking up, markets are volatile, and the dream of a comfortable retirement is harder to attain than ever before. Nobody wants to run out of money in retirement. That's why I'm gonna share something that your financial advisor doesn't want you to know. With our investment strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market-linked return that locks in every year. And when the stock market goes down, your investments won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money to brokerage, or even money at a bank. The Advanced
5: Heart Failure Team at Deborah Heart and Lung Center knows that like your vehicle, your heart has a check engine light. You may not recognize your personal warnings like sudden weight gain, loss of appetite, swelling of your feet and ankles, or coughing and wheezing. Engage the region's leading heart team at Deborah Heart and Lung Center. Because when it's advanced heart failure and your heart's check engine light is on, expect answers and solutions. Learn more at demanddebora.com.
2: Not everyone has the rhythm to be a good dancer, and that's okay. But if your heart is out of rhythm, that's another story, like a serious heart condition that needs attention. Fortunately, the latest treatment options and some of the nation's most skilled cardiac physicians are right here at Deborah Heart and Lung Center. So dance on over to demanddeborah.org and schedule an appointment.
0: Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Here we go! Look out below. Back inside, Rack and Finn. Right is me, Tom P. We get a March 12th and 13th. And hey, don't forget, people! Tonight, tomorrow, whatever. Daylight savings time rolls in, spring forward. Join us on the line is Tom Foddy. He's the legislative chairman, Jersey Coast Anglers Association, New Jersey State Federation of Sportsmen's Clubs, the governor's appointee the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission, and the marine fisheries. And he's on the Marine Fisheries Advisory Council. The U.S. Secretary of Commerce, among myriad other things. How does man keeps it going? I have no idea. Okay, we're talking about the meeting's gonna be Monday regarding amendment seven as it pertains to stripe pass. Tommy well, what should we do with this? Now again all these things are on the on the board, management triggers, measurements to the two thousand fifteen year class, recreational release mortality we we're just talking about, conservation equivalent. What's going on? What do we do? What can we do? Okay.
2: What you should do is listen to the hearing. If you can't make the hearing for some reason it will be online, all the hearings will be online, and you can actually listen to the recording of the hearings. You, what I suggested to some of the clubs is let's get together, and you know, that group that got met the other day is good, because they would just say, what should we do at the hearing? Because that's what they wanted yep. to know. There was not what we should do with regulations, but they were trying to gather information. What questions should they ask, and what questions should they answer? And that's really what you need to do. You need to go to the hearing and listen to what they're presenting. Mm-hmm. And then might take notes because if you're the stripe is important to you, take the notes. And after the after the hearing, that's when you come up with your position. That's when you need to sit down and write a little note. Doesn't have to be like grammatically correct. As you've seen, some of my emails are horrible. I, mean, no, I no, look, they're not horrible. <laughs> a little tweak here and there. <laughs> but you really need to listen to what's going on. And then discuss it among yourselves. And that's what I'm recommending to the Jersey Coast or any of the clubs. Because we're going to come up with a position. We don't have to do it by Monday. What you need to do Monday is sit, listen to what they're presenting, listen to your options, ask questions, ask questions. Now, I'm going to be on the call, but I'm not there to basically coach you or tell you what to do do. Mm-hmm. I'm there to answer your questions on the, what's the presentation. So will, I will be there. Adam, uh, Joe Semino will be there. And we're there to answer your questions on what we're proposing. And we're trying to gather information. So you need to tell us what you want. What kind of fishery do you want? Do you want a fishery that you only catch one fish? Do you want a fishery that only targets the... Now, the the other problem here is everybody assumes that bigger striped bears are more fecundant. Than the smaller females, um, that has never been proven, right? And right. and they said, well, we got to protect the big ones because they're the big, but they're older fish. As you know, as you get older, the, any vi- female, the viability, animal,
1: yeah, the viability of fertilization yep. factor, yep,
2: yep. And they also don't spawn every year. The mm-hmm. big fish don't come into the spawn where the, the the young females are hot, and they want to get with those <laughs> young males and have fun. <laughs> so they go up real every year. Vintage phony so, people, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we really should be listening Monday, paying attention to what they said, and then sit with a group of your fellow striped bass fishermen that have the same, you know, anglers that have the same ideas as you, and and come up with a position on those pre- presentation on that presentation, and that's the time and, that, and that's the time Jersey Coast will come up with as a I Matter of fact, the RFA will probably do it mm-hmm. if they can get anybody to agree with. And that's always the hardest when you put striped bass fishermen in the room yep. to get them to agree. But we, and we need to speak with a voice, but we also should be looking at what's fair for everybody, not for my own personal needs. I mean, if I want to do only catch and release, I can understand that's a, mm-hmm. that's your prerogative, but you should also respect the poor guy fishing in liberty state park off the <laughs> off the bulkhead that wants to catch a you know fish take home and eat and help feed his right. family i mean that's what I was doing in Brooklyn when I was twelve years old and thirteen years old i mean uh So that's the goal here, and pay attention. You got any questions after that? You know, I will answer your questions. You send me an email. I'll try to do the best I can in answering that. But you really need to get involved in this process. And this won't be the first hearing. There'll be a couple of hearings. Right. And you really need to stay in tune and talk among your fellow Anglers to what you want and try to put that in the document.
1: Okay, Tom, yeah, Tommy, it is critical for, for everyone to get involved. Listen, go to the Atlantic State's Marine Fisheries website, uh, how to get on to the webinar. It's going to be Monday, 6 p.m. Uh, to 8 p.m. Again, Tom, again, people out have to get involved, listen, talk among your friends, fellow anglers, and, and see what's what. That's the first step, is it not, Fody? Yeah, and
2: also, don't get disgusted. Don't say they won't listen to you. If you don't write anything, there's nothing for them to listen to. So that's up to you. And if you have a question, ask the question.
1: Mm-hmm. We're there to answer your questions. Tom, have you, have, I, I think that is you know you have your fluke uh, guys, you have your your, your uh, tog guys, whatever your offshore guys, not your you whatever. But I'll tell you, nothing is more of a lightning rod along the Jersey saltwater scene than striped bass and striped bass management. I mean, this that that species is it. I no, legislate, I won't
2: mention. The name, but the legislature called me the other day. Tom, I heard this bill might be controversial. Do I, if I want to put a bill in the for the sale of striped bass in New Jersey, <laughs> and I said to him, <laughs> said to the person, I said, "You really do not want to do that." I said, <laughs> people over the they you know, they basically." I've had legislators, that, you know, thought certain other groups were rabid, you know, they were crazy, and they says when I when they touched the the holy the third rail on striped bears, <laughs> they found out how crazy striped bass fishermen are. Right. I said, they were calling me at my house. They were picketing my office. I said, you don't want to do that. And after about five minutes on the phone, she says that would be a big mistake. I said, yes, it would. Well, Tom, let me yeah, ask you man. this, though, uh,
1: in that same vein. Uh, listen, we're going to get a break pretty soon. We have Tommy coming on the next couple of segments talk again. Uh, porgies, sea bass, and, and fluke. But, Tom, like the pinhook fisheries, New York still has it, and Massachusetts still has it, correct? Right. The rod I mean, is that a, f- I mean, are, are the limits that big or that small? Does it have any, I mean, I guess harvesting anything in that number will have an effect, but is it negligible or or what?
2: Well, we also, you
1: you fish Raritan Bay and
2: I fish yep. Raritan Bay and, and we watch all those fish going over to Staten Island or Brooklyn that are being sold under the table from guys that are, and they don't seem mm-hmm. to get, they, if we were there with a New Jersey uh a sticker on our boat, we get we get stopped, but it doesn't seem there's certain people they don't stop, and they're the people that are poaching like crazy. I mean, and so it yeah. happens. I mean, and that's one of the reasons why a couple of years ago when we wanted to bring in a guy wanted to bring in natural uh, striped bass that are farm raised in Mexico and actually bring them into the New Jersey, and he met with Jersey Coast and because he says we I know we got to get through you. And I thought it might be a good idea, but nobody else did. They said, "Nope, right. we're not going to open up that loophole." And I understand. I mean, I was just saying because maybe it would would take the pressure off the uh, commercial fishery, but that doesn't, you know, nobody mm-hmm. wanted to do that. So, yeah, there's, a, there's always poaching. I mean, we don't talk about the fact that there was millions of pounds being caught illegally in Maryland for for, for quite a few years <laughs> before. Remember, they locked up the guys. Yeah, and the same they have with summer flounder and black sea bears. Well, especially Black Seabass and, and Tatog. But look at what went on with some of them. They were legally shipping one state, and I won't mention the state's name, but they were shipping out two million pounds illegally under the fact they were shipping it to another state. So they weren't recording as land, So they were harvesting extra two million pounds a year. And they never got, when they got, when actually the new state director turned the state in, which then he got fired because they said, they'll, they'll, we'll get you. They Basically, they never repaid that. Even when that guy up in New England who broke all the regulations and everything else, they never had to pay paybacks. Now, they're all yelling at the commercial side that the recreational community has to do paybacks. But on the commercial side, we don't do the paybacks on all the legal poaching that goes on and have gone on over the years. And it really just gets me upset. If you're going to do you know, I think everybody should be paid back and poachers. And they always say, you know, like you hear it, the to talk fishermen or the thing well they're they're recreational figure fishermen that are poaching i says they're not recreational <laughs> they're, they're fishermen. right they're, they're illegal commercial fishermen that's what they are don't blame it on my community because we don't sell fish if you're basically harvesting a fish to sell you're a commercial fisherman and if you're poaching you're a commercial poacher so don't blame it on my on the recreational sector be honest about what what is happening
1: well, listen, it's just as what Tommy Fodi just says, go uh, again, I I, I saw Hutch uh, recently at the AC Boat Show, working with him a couple of days. Go to the March edition of the Fisherman Magazine, New Jersey Delaware Bay edition, on page three in the local. Hutchinson's great editorial, editor's log, Fish Court. Just what Fodi said Fish Court. You, you know, because a lot of times you get poachers, you go to the local municipality, just as, you well, know, what's going on here? I have more important things to do. But it all comes back to it. They're not recreational fishermen. They are poachers. Okay, people, grab that cup, grab that rebel, Be back with another segment. Tom Fuddy, we're going to be talking sea bass, fluke, and porgies. What's going on, man? It's reductions, additions, a little leeway, we shall see. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio.
0: WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station news i'm carmen roberts intense fighting reported this morning outside ukraine's capital city of kiev as the russians continue to try to press forward closer and closer new satellite images appear to show artillery from that huge convoy that was stalled for a
5: while firing towards residential neighborhoods on the outskirts of kiev
0: Fox's Jonathan Hunt in Lviv on this 17th day of the war. And state mask mandates disappeared today in Washington, Oregon, and California. I think it's exciting, it's like getting back to normal again. Going back to concerts and just being able to see people's faces. That woman's in Portland. These latest states leaving it up to counties and school districts to decide mask policies. America's listening to Fox News.
4: Your WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 weather Forecast for South Jersey. Periods of rain overnight, low 44. Increasingly windy Saturday with more rain heavy at times, along with a rumble of thunder. Rain will mix with and change over to snow later in the afternoon. High 50 early, temperatures falling into the mid-30s by the end of the day. Windy with clearing Saturday night, low 22. Partly sunny and breezy Sunday, high 41. I'm IQ weather's Carl Erickson on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5.
0: Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Yeah, welcome back to Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P., weekend of March 12th and 13th. Join us online is Tom Fody. He is the Legislative Chairman, Jersey Coast Anglers Association and New Jersey State Federation of Sportsmen's Clubs, the Governor's Appointee to the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission, and the Marine Fisheries Advisory Council to U.S. Secretary of Commerce. Yes, yeah, guy, a guy wearing a lot of hats and he's on the, I mean, he, his finger is on the pulse of what's happening. Okay, Tommy, now in April, coming up early April, we're going to have the meeting of the Jersey Marine Fisheries Council talking about, I guess, summer flounder, a.k.a. flukes, sea bass, and porgies. Tommy, on the fluke situation, I'm seeing that maybe we have the option to liberalize uh, up 16% or something like that? Right. So, and I mean, and
2: it, and it should have been greater, but, you know, we're, 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 we're dealing with the Mid-Atlantic Council. Not to really right. let, and they follow the Magnus and Stevens Act and the, some of the crazy rules that allow them to be more conservative than we need to be. And so they can only give us 16%, but they could have given us a lot more.
1: Yeah, again, listeners, going back to Hutch's editorial the previous month, February, flu crumbs, you know, whatever, going in on that. Tom, what do you think? 60% could it have been as high as 22 23%? We could have done a whole
2: different thing of what we're doing. Is we're basically putting fluke regulations to protect the spawning stock biomass, even though the stock assessment—again, I'm getting a little technical—but the stock assessment says recruitment doesn't be isn't based on spawning stock biomass; it's based on environmental conditions, and that's the problem. And so we're trying to get to the figure where the spawning stock biomass is so big, but we've had that for years. We have not you know. Way above when we produced all those great recruitment years 20 years ago when there were stocks with, you know, ones, twos, and threes. What I mean by ones, right. twos, and threes, they were 14 16 to 16-inch 16 fish. Yep. And they were, because fluke basically gets sexually mature at 12 to 13 inches. So, again, the young females were doing what they were supposed to do in producing a lot of eggs. Now we have fish all the way out to, you know, 24, 26 inches, you know, 12 years old. And we're not producing recruitment, and we don't know the reason why. And so what they do is, because they can't do force the females to produce more eggs and, and fertilize them, they basically got to stop the fishermen from fishing for them. And we're not the problem in some of these species. Mm-hmm. We're, we, we contribute to the harvest of them, but a lot of what's happening on, whether it's summer flounder, whether it's striped bears, whether it's porgies, it's environmental. I mean, we've done everything right on weak fish, and where were we at? We still that one fish, and we still haven't rebuilt the stocks. So anyway, sometimes I just say, they, and it's not just on the recreational side, it's on the commercial side. Sure, We, have, we fight over crumbs between exactly. ourselves, you know, we, mm-hmm. with these quotas and everything. But really, we're only getting crumbs to fight over, and that's my been my argument. Instead of basically saying, we're not taking this anymore, we basically want regulations that make common sense, which we have not done. And NIMS shouldn't be managing for, like, so they don't get sued. And that's what's been happening for the last 20 years. And you notice I'm getting a little upset, but that we're managing fisheries. Not for fishermen, not for harvesting, not for basically protecting the, mm-hmm. the, both fishing industries. We are basically doing it to avoid lawsuits by, you know, the groups out there that have a lot of money, 10 times more money than even NIMS has. Mm-hmm. And they basically put, file lawsuits. And NIMS had to pay in the 90s. They were spending about a tenth percent of their budget on lawsuits, and they, wanted, they decided Jeez. they weren't going to get sued anymore, so they're going to be super okay. conservative. And we're paying the consequences.
1: Well, Tom, uh, back to the, the – yeah, well, this is Pew, Pew trust Just think they were P-E-W, and we'll leave it at that. Whatever. Uh, Tom, again, on the 16%, uh, a week on either end of the season, maybe a slot fish. How do you see this playing out? What are some of the options you're hearing? I'm hearing it. they put down a bunch of options. They're sending it down. Uh,
2: the, the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission's summer flounder strap, black sea bears, and, you know, scub board will meet. And I think it's the 24th. And we'll discuss and approve the state plan so they can basically – it gives them the mechanics to do conservation equivalency, mm-hmm. what they can do, what method they can use. And then New Jersey will come back with the uh, what, what's been approved for their state to do from that meeting, and then put it before the Marine Fisheries Council. And there'll be a bunch of options, whether you want a longer season on the on the back end or the front end, whether you want to go for a slot fish. That's up to the New Jersey Marine Fisheries Council. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I don't have that tough job, because trying to, again, satisfy the north, the south, the inshore, the offshore <sighs> fluke fishermen, it winds up being difficult.
1: Tommy, like you now, said, herding cats, you know, it's yeah, it's. Just, well, uh, uh, Yeah, and people just say, well, can't we
2: have a slot limit for 14 to 16 inches? If you put a slot limit and it's easy to catch a keep for fish, all of a sudden we start going over quotas. Now, we haven't talked about the 900-pound gorilla that's going to be in this year in the fisheries is the fact that at $4.50 a gallon or
1: more, we're not going to have a lot of people running their boats. Four fifty, Tom. The marinas I'm here is going to be close to seven. You know, because listeners again, marinas—they're not ripping you off. You have DEP, EPA taxes, whatever. It's always Tom. To me, I found it's always a dollar to a dollar ten, up to a dollar right. fifty more if you fill up at a marina. And marina owners, I this understand, is understandable. No, bringing your cans to fill up your boat—you have to use their gas—and and I get that. But Tom, that's going to yeah. be a uh, that's going to be a monster. I'm I'm covering yep. that in my blog. I've. I saw, I guess it was in Manahawken, a BP sign. And I took it, I, I think they're going to post a blog today or tomorrow about, you know, it was 644. And this was back, yeah. I think, in 2000. Tom, it's going through the roof. Like you said, it's the 1,000 it's the pound gorilla in the room photo. Yeah. It's going to impact Back Bay. I don't think so, Tom, but going out, going out to the mid range reefs, so i sure it's, it's going to have an impact across the board. Well, just think about all the poor Charterbo guys.
2: They've already yeah. booked trips at a certain price. And all of a sudden, they're getting double the gas price.
1: And they're going to have now, to go he, with a surcharge.
2: Well, but Some. You've, you've made a commitment for a person. He's already booked you. How do you get a surcharge out of him doing that? And he, That's tough. And I know the charter boat cabs are trying to figure out what they're going to do with the price of gas. We're mm-hmm. going to be in the same position as 2007. Mm-hmm. And you remember what happened in 2007. We hit, was a collapse of the fishery. We had the boats being not sold, tackled, because yep. the gas prices were all the way up sky high. And that's my concern here. We're going to hurt the industry this year more so you know, than COVID did. Because COVID, they go out to fish because they could do it and they had the time off. But if right. you can't g- have the money to go out and you can't run your car because the gas prices are going to be see and your food prices are going up, it's going to be the perfect storm again.
1: And I'm, I'm just yeah. worried about the industry Yeah, this Tom, year. four or five trips gets uh, pared down to one, maybe. You know, so that's to right. uh, have it across the board. Well Tom, let's get to the sea bass. Now rebuilt uh by what, two hundred percent, two hundred ten up to 200, right here. And then we're looking at a p twenty percent cut. Did I read that correctly? Well, again, the commission didn't have the guts to listen to the motion <laughs> that I made or
2: and Adam made, the motions that we basically were trying to say there shouldn't be any cut. This stock doesn't basically afford what we're doing. We've gotta be consistent. But again, to avoid a lawsuit, NIMS basically held the line. And the, I, as I said, the, the commission, uh, because they can't control what goes on, and the threat of shutting down the EZ. See, that's always the problem here, because mm-hmm. the federal waters are controlled by NIMS. Yep. And if the Atlantic states doesn't do what they say, yep. they can put a moratorium. And that's fine with New Jersey and a couple of the northern states, because we catch a lot of our sea bears in But you get down to Delaware... Uh, you know, Maryland and further south, Virginia and, and North Carolina, that's all offshore fishery. So if they shut down the federal waters, you just lost your fishery. Mm. So it pits the north against the south because NIFS threatens to shut it down and, and just complicates. So, yeah, we're going to do a reduction on black sea bass. Do we need to do a reduction in my opinion? No. But, you know, it's my opinion. And, and they don't really listen to me a lot sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, even, though may, even though I even though because of the history, they can't put, and they never answer my questions. And I, when I say we, and I actually put it out there, what can they do? Fire me? Big deal, They're right? I mean, <laughs> I volunteer. don't pay for any these <laughs> jobs. I says, I put it out honestly. I says, you're further of lawsuits. That's what you're managing for. You're not managing for fishermen, both commercial and recreational. You're managing to avoid lawsuits. Managing and nobody's ever contradicted my statement lawsuits. from NIMS because they admitted in, in private. Managing
1: now, to avoid lawsuits, Fody—that's priceless. Tommy, that's priceless. I mean,
2: and I'm going to bring it up. I mean, there's this is Rec Summit is actually going to be the first in-person meeting I go gone to since 2019. Uh, is going to be in Washington on the week of uh, March 20. It's going to be 29th and 30th, mm-hmm. and we're having a Rec Summit. And that's one of the things I'm going to put on the table. I'm, I'm tired of managing for lawsuits. And it's devoid lawsuits. And we put needless rec- regulations in, needless restrictions on both the commercial and the recreational sector. Mm-hmm. And it's hurting both our, our industries. And that's not what we're supposed to do.
1: Tom, we're up, against a break, a- we're up against a break here. I want to get to the porgies, the scup. Now, who's going to take a hit on this, people? Again, Tom, P, hey, that's North Jersey. Who can I tra- We travel. It's easy to travel the state. Jersey's small. Easy to travel the state. Tom, jumping it from 9 to 10 inches, Hawaii see getting hurt, or party boats like the Dauntless, you know, uh, the, the Paramount, you know, boats like that, and, and the recreational guys who like to, to fill a sack with the, the scup. They're delicious. 9 to 10 inches warranted. The cut warranted. They're all over the place this fall.
2: No. Now, they're not warranted. And also, when I looked Jesus at... God, when you raise the size of on scub... When I was a... And again, I'll go back to history. Yeah. When I was a kid living in Brooklyn, where I used to fish because you couldn't fish... You know you where know, the Marine Parkway bridges... Exactly, I You couldn't fish from the bridge, so I used to climb out the girders, which I mean I had to fight the rats crawling up in the girders. <laughs> and I was 12 or 13 years old, and the most fish I caught beside snappers were porgies. But they were all what we call sand porgies back there. They were all six, seven, eight yeah, inches, yeah. and I never caught one twelve inches under the Marine Parkway Bridge. I never saw one over ten inches. So if you basically start raising the size, of mean, again, you're basically putting the subsistence fisherman out of the fishery. The guy that fishes from shore, so you you basically say mm-hmm. you no longer can keep fish. Otherwise, you're forced to poach, and that's you know po- poach not to sell, just to take something home to eat. All right. And that's what we're doing with scub. And it you know, ain't going to ain't gonna hurt the guys in New England because they see big scub. Oh, and, they, uh, jumped, yeah. you know, and they're good eating. I love scub. But we don't see that down south. Uh, and with the warmer waters, we're probably going to see less of the, the smaller yeah. ones.
1: Tom, we had a, we mean, had a, a good season. this past fall again. But here again, Tom, again, the ripple effect for the fuel prices. You know the party boats are going to have to up their day ticket prices. They're going to have to. And yet when, you know, the pouring season here when the fish are showing up, those fish you were able to keep last year, again, granted, a 50 fish limit is a lot. Most guys get 20, 30. Some guys will get the 50. I realize that. I've seen that. But all of a sudden, the fish you were able to take home and vacuum seal, eat fresh and vacuum seal, you have some, some fish dinners during the winter, early spring, can't do that anymore under the limit. Well, under we the got short change on the quota, and this yeah. was happening in 94, 96.
2: And I'm sitting at a table fighting, and the recreational people on the council and the commission at that time says, what are you so angry about? That's not going to make any difference. We'll never have any rules or regulations on scub and black sea bears. I says, mark my word, I says, 20 years from now, we're going to be getting screwed. And it happened. You got I mean, because we, we were shortchanged on both those quotas, especially the scub quota. And, and that was one quota we could actually prove that our figures were higher than what they gave us. Summer flounder was the same
1: thing. Albert Storey used to... I remember now yeah. Lives, yeah, Al's back
2: down in Florida. He's, now. Loving,
1: he's, loving, the, he's loving the sunshine state, Fody. <laughs> hey, at 85, that's what he deserves. Hey, dude, he's still doing his 50 to 100 push-ups a day. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. Are I you mean, kidding, kidding me? <laughs> hey, Tom... Anytime hey, we're up against the break. We have to wrap it up. Get listeners, getting involved. Uh, democracy is not a spectator sport. Getting involved, Tom, getting in the organizations. I noticed uh, working the boat shows, working somebody who has the Saltwater Expo coming up. Tom, organizations, like they're my age. I'm 65, 66. You're you're around 70 little. Where is the youth? Where and I'm, by youth I'm talking, check it out, when you're this age, you say youth. The 35 and younger, t- to 30, 25 to 35, it seems, 38. Where is the youth factor? I don't know. They're too busy
2: behind their phones, their smartphones, and they don't want to go to meetings. But we need them. I mean, I am now still... When I first joined Jersey Coast many years ago in 82, I was the sixth youngest board member. I'm going to be 75 in May, and I am still the sixth youngest board member. You're going to be 75? Yeah, 75 in May. (laughs) And the two youngest board members that I have... Are in both sixty, so that's the kids we call them the kids. Yeah. Now we need the young people involved. I mean, you know, to Al and Don Moran, they're right, turning yeah. eighty this year.
1: They actually just turned eighty. I just saw uh, Al at the um, AC Boat Don. Show, or, or Don rather, yeah, he was at the yeah. uh, Canyon Reels booth. Yes, I mean it's it's. So, we need you to get involved because these groups are
2: falling apart. I mean, and it's not, and it doesn't have to be Jersey Coast. It can be the RFA. It can yeah. be your local club. You need to get involved and you need to find out what's happening. And it's up to you. If you want to protect, as we, most of us got in this 30 years ago, 40 years ago, was to protect the this harvest protect the recreational fishery for the next generation so if you want your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren to be able to fish like we were able to fish Mm -hmm. you need to get involved and you owe that to you as a good citizen.
1: Well said, Tom Fody, Jersey Coast Angler Association, among many other organizations. Tom is involved with legislative chairman, et cetera. Sits so on the council boards, whatever. Tom, I run out I ran out of space on the paper. Listen to your creds. Well listen, hope <laughs> to see you one day on the water. How's the lovely Linda by the way? She's doing great, and you going up to the Soulwater Expo. I'll be up there Friday. Okay. I, I, the yeah, maybe yeah, maybe I'll see you. Fr- Whoa, maybe I'll see Fody Friday. He dodges me whenever I ask him about going fishing, people. <laughs> he is a, he is a dodger to the end. Tommy, you take care. I'll see you Friday, man. Oh, next Friday. Okay. What's it, the 17th or 18th or whatever? Yeah, so it's, I think uh, 19th, 19th or whatever. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> see I'll see you then, T. Okay. Bye-bye. bye Bye-bye. He's a good man. Good man. Okay, be right back. Rack and fin radio. Ho ho ho.
5: talk radio 95.5 harry hurley for ambient comfort heating and cooling professionals rising energy costs continue to be one of the top news stories we might disagree about the solution but we can agree to make sensible decisions to keep our home energy costs down start by calling my friends at ambient comfort heating and cooling for their 59 dollars spring tune-up special for new customers For just $59, Ambient Comfort will check and clean your system to make sure it's safe and running at maximum efficiency, prepared to get you through the summer, regardless of who originally installed your system. If your bills were too high last summer, regular maintenance or a new system from Ambient Comfort may help with rising energy costs this year. When comfort matters, choose who I choose Visit ambientcomfortnj.com. That's ambientcomfortnj.com or call 856-213-6586. That's 856-213-6586 for your $59 tune-up. Tell them Harry Hurley sent you.
6: Why is it that every March everyone's either a basketball bracketologist expert or 100% Irish? (laughs) Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with the two. All you need to know this March is at Matt Blatt Kia in Egg Harbor Township or Tom's River. If you have a job clearing 350 dollars per week, you could be approved with zero down, 0.9% financing for 60 months, or $1,000 cash back at Matt Blatt Kia. On every clearly marked new Kia in stock. Stuck in a loan or lease? Matt Black Kia wants to get you released. So bring any trade to Matt Black Kia, even if you owe thousands more than it's worth. And don't forget, you can't make a mistake with our 4 j love it love-it-or-leave-it return policy.
1: It's gotta be a
6: Matt Black Kia. Offers with approved tier 1 or 2 credit through Kia Motors Finance. Not all will qualify. 1705 for 1000 for 60 months. 1000 off all 2022 stickers. Go to mattblackkianj.com for complete details. Expires 4-6-2022. Matt Black Kia. 6211 the Black Horse. Pike in Harper Township. And now on Route 37 in Tom's River. Download
0: Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Yeah, back inside, Rack and Fit, ready to meet Tom P. Final segment, wrapping it up. Hey, hey, let's, long time no talk to Let's get a report from Noel Feliciano, one-stop bait and tackle in Atlantic City. Ran into Noel at the AC Boat Show after he gave a tremendous seminar there, talking about fishing up seeking Inlet and the jetties. Noel, get bouncer. What's going on?
7: Let me tell you something. Atlantic City's on fire. Even <laughs> that's exactly what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Not because I'm here, It's just because of the fishery that we have here. It's just tremendous. It's just absolutely. We're between two rivers. We're, we're all the way from Atlantic City all the way up to Seakin Bay all the way in the back. Oh. All that shallow water, and this is what produces fish. This is why we're in Atlantic City, man. Atlantic City is just not casinos. No, Atlantic City is a fishery.
1: And people were coming up to you in the aisle after the seminar in the aisle. I saw it talking to you. Uh, Noel, right now, is it primarily bass? What's the weak or not the weak fish? I'm sorry, the white perch situation. Go. The
7: white perch situation has been on fire. That's one fishery that does not regulate it, but it controls itself. (laughs) That's exactly why we have a lot of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to step on no toes or anything, but this is this is absolutely the truth. But a striped bass is on fire. The perch is on fire. uh, The birds are chirping. And, and and the migration started. Yeah. So this, you know what that means. Once that migration starts with the birds, that's exactly what's going up underneath that water.
1: No, well, the stripers that you're hearing about, seeing from your customers, uh, mostly you know in the in that what seventeen to twenty four and twenty five range. You seen any keepers? Yeah, I saw a couple keepers. Okay. Uh, some of these guys that want
7: to keep it on the, on the low, because they want to keep for themselves for a while. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh so that's that's what's happened on that note but
1: now, you, plenty of blood worms, yep, and all you gotta do is show up, and I'll put you in a hot spot because they're here. No, no there's well, no questions about it. Do you have your normal anaconda blood worms? Listen, these things grab I got, you yeah, Forget I got plenty it. Of worms. <laughs> i got I got plenty of worms and
7: uh ready to go for everybody. Come on down. I'm still working on a shop, and uh i'm 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 trying to bank on Easter, but let's see what happens.
1: Okay, Noel, good luck, man. We'll see you next week, brother. You take care. Good luck. See ya. Thanks. I had to get back in touch with Noel. He, what a seminar he gave. He, he's good. He just gets out there. PowerPoint, not that bitch. Just gets out there and talks to the people. Tell them how to catch the fish and where the fish are. That'll do it for this week on Rack and Fit Rather Ready to Meet Tom P. Okay, weather gnarly today. Should be okay by next week. See ya. Rack and Finn Radio. Hey, God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our first responders and God bless law enforcement. Rack and Finn Radio.